What we do in life echoes in eternity. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are. This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Officer, you need to repent of your lawless conduct. You don't know the law, and yet you pretend to represent it. That's not law enforcement, sir. That's being a thug. We will not stop fighting and bothering you all until this monstrous, barbaric practice of legalized abortion ends and we are teaching our children to do the same. God's word says that the shed blood of innocent humans cries out for justice and mark my words, they will have their day in court. Nobody gets saved by being treated nicely. They get saved by hearing the gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. If we don't open our mouths and commend Christ, we're not loving Him, no matter what we're doing with our hands. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another show of Provoked. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I think the last time we were together was in December. Was it? Christmas. Yeah. And I got a kind of cool update about that. But we are the show that uh, just about provoking Christians really to preach the gospel, go out and biblically evangelize, rescue babies, innocent developing human babies are being murdered. (laughs) And so we think it's a good thing to try to provoke, wake the church up to go out to rescue those babies and destroy idols in your life because God hates idolatry. It's all throughout the scripture. So that's the purpose of the show. We're glad to be back. Um, What you could do, and we say it every single time. Uh, because we're so thankful for Apologia Studios that they provide this opportunity that we can hopefully glorify God with this podcast. But what you can do as you kind of consume from Apologia, which we are so glad that you do, we're so thankful that you come on here and and listen and kind of partake, but also contribute. And that's how you uh, go to Apologia All Access, or sorry, go to Apologia Studios and become an All Access member. And on that All Access member account, you get tons and tons of awesome teachings from massive different or or so many different, you know, awesome uh, teachers in their field of expertise. You'd be able to educate your family. And of course, you give back to us so we can keep these bright lights going and we can continue to get the gospel out Mm -hmm. and uh, rescue babies and do all that we can do. So what are we going to do today? Well, we thought we'd talk about false prophets, lukewarm Christians, things that have kind of been on our heart. Uh, false prophets kind of focused in on, you know, many of these these guys and gals that prophesied Donald Trump would be our next president. And what do you know? He's not. So I think what the scriptures tell us to do and what even Jesus uh, did was beware of false teachers, beware of false prophets. We actually have to mark these individuals um, because they're so destructive and detrimental towards the sheep. So that's why we do it. It's not something personal, but when somebody says, thus saith the Lord, they prophesy, they foretell some future event that doesn't occur, then we have to mark that person and say, hey, have nothing to do with them. Then we're also going to talk about lukewarm Christianity, false Christianity, and really how, you know, really false prophets and lukewarm Christians, false Christians, these segments of society around us and within the church are incredibly destructive for the church. That's why we want to kind of expose um, this, expose these certain segments of of, uh society or these these people groups and then right. warn the church stay away and uh have nothing to do with them but i thought we would start out with 
kind of in the news. Mm-hmm. That sounds um, good. Yeah, like just what's been going on. It's kind of a kind of a bittersweet day today because uh, something cool happened and something kind of stinky. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma. We're actually going to Oklahoma on Monday, and we're there to support Free the States and other ministries because they just presented a bill of abolition SB four nine five, and it just got killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, ten to zero, right? Yeah, ten to zero. So it 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 got assigned to a committee, mm-hmm. and that re- it received a hearing, and they have not received a hearing for the any of their bills of abolition. They've been putting in putting them in for six years, and then it got killed at the hearing by a predominantly pro life legislator. Right. So zero pro life legislators voted on it when they had an opportunity to put forward a bill that would abolish abortion. Yeah. And they killed it. Yeah. So yeah. what did they do? So these pro-life legislators, mm-hmm. they voted to keep the murder of babies legal right. within the state of Oklahoma. So it's, there's really no difference between a pro-choice person and a pro-life person at this point. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you're looking at it from that angle, right? I mean, if you're an abolitionist, you want to abolish it. But the pro-life movement has failed us for the last 50 years yeah they have and i think because all they do is they take the pre-born and they use the pre-born like a political football Mm -hmm. and they just kick the ball and uh wherever they want to just for their own political ends right right so it's only pro-life because they want to appeal to a certain constituents Mm -hmm. to get their votes to get them into office right i mean and you can't not say that you're not like that when you vote this way. Right. Now you've actually, and it's a horrible thing that they killed the bill, of course. Um, but it's a kind of a good thing that they're exposed now. Mm-hmm. That they yeah. can't hide behind the pro-life banner and continue just to feed lies into the, well, the pro-life movement we know is, um, you know, not abolitionists. Mm-hmm. We're trying to actually win the pro-life movement, which is for incrementalism, regulationism, right. you know, right. minuscule means, horrible bills that do nothing to save babies, right? They have saved babies. It it does not putting an end to it all. So the good thing is you can expose these guys and so the voters can attack them and we can get them out of office. We could say, do the right thing, do the noble thing, do the God-honoring thing, you know, be truly pro-life, support a bill that would, you know, criminalize abortion uh, in the womb, or you're out of here. Let's mm-hmm. do everything that we can. So even though it's horrible, it's still Oklahoma is making progress. And, you know, we're going to actually be there on Monday to uh, help with their rally and help with their abolition now conference. Oh, good. Yeah. So that's, um, it stinks. I'm, I'm glad there's pro- process here. I mean, this legislative effort to end abortion is not something that just happens overnight. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a years long, you know, um, marathon rather than just a sprint. But I feel for the guys. Those guys are putting so much work, and I appreciate them so much. But um, you know, it's uh, it's just another another phase in this whole process of ending child murder. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. So I thought you got anything you want to talk about as far as news or? Oh, I don't know. We're kind of just still not reeling. It's not super surprising about Biden. It's just you know kind of coming in like that. We're in the aftermath. What are we like February second or February third? Mm-hmm. So. It was just January 20th. I just feel like there was just that huge, you know, lead up to the election and everything that crazy that happened or inauguration and all that. And now we're kind of coming down and, you know, all of the what was all the stuff he signed off on on day one. Yeah, 15 executive orders. Yeah, right. He's done more than that. It's just I don't know. I just I 
I feel like so many people right now are just kind of bracing themselves to see what happens next, you know, yeah. in our country. And um, there's so many things kind of on the horizon. And of course, we're not to fear, but I'm I'm curious to see how all of this plays out. Obviously, God is sovereign. And like I said, we don't have to be afraid. But, it, you know, these times are uncertain. It's kind of it's kind of a weird time to be alive, you yeah, know, just really even is. just going out and just like all the masks and. It's just super weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, Christians in the past have dealt with this. Oh, right. And yeah. worse. And much, much <laughs> worse. I, mean, I like somebody said, like, if you think this is the worst time to be a Christian, you obviously haven't read any church history. Any church history. At you all. know, you, went through, you just went through Fox's Book of Martyrs. Yeah. And of course, we always talk about the Covenanters and the Huguenots. Right. These people were under immense persecution and, and pain. But, yeah, you, don't, you just don't know what's going to happen, I guess. You know, they were... You know, the Democratic Party has consolidated all the power, mm-hmm. and they're wielding that power right. now. Uh, but we just say, okay, Lord, you know, we're going to stay faithful. We're going to stay true to you. We're going to operate according to principle, and we're going to take it as it comes, but never compromise what we know to be true. Right. And just continue expanding, continue pushing ahead. And as Jeff always says so rightly, we just continue to build. Right. You know? Yeah. The church it, is going to grow. Yeah. The, yeah. It says the... Um, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So it's always a forward-moving force right. the church has to be. But you're either going to take this type of mentality of a forward-moving force or it's, oh, woe is me, look at the, the darkness on the horizon. And I, I get it. I mean, if you were to look at it, it's, it's bleak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's daunting. It's depressing. But we are never called or commanded to be, a, a you know, a retreatist type of a body of people. Right. It's always about moving forward with the gospel, with the expansion of the kingdom. But... I think when it comes to Biden, we should pray for him. Of course, you know, yeah. We should. I was just thinking, man, if you know, the only separates the only thing that separates me from him is grace, right? You know, and I could string a, a sentence together pretty well. <laughs> well, it's a that's, good. That's I know what you meant, uh, and it's a good thing to be reminded of because I've been struggling with just frustration and kind of anger towards either a false convert Christian that voted for Biden and has linked arms with unbelievers to to put this man in an office or they're either false converts or they're the bride who is not being faithful. Mm-hmm. And exactly. so I'm, you know, I just want to be like, hey, you know, look at look what you've done. You know, this is you've linked up with unbelievers. Not that of course we've we always say uh republicanism and democrat you know it's not this is not christianity being a republican is not christianity of mm-hmm. course but if you're a christian you're going to act and do things more in a manner that god would please god mm-hmm. right so you're going to vote in a way that is going to be more in line with what god's law says right. so anyways i just i'm so frustrated with just christians that are people that say they're christians that support Child, yeah, child murder. I'm just to the point where I'm like, you're supporting child murder. You're voting for a platform that supports child murder. What are you doing? How how are you even calling yourself a Christian? So that's kind of where I've been. So I need to pray more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, just because you know, yeah, I've been kind of reeling from that and wondering what the main cause. And you know, it is the voters who are voting this guy into into power. Um, and I think it's. You know, it's just astounding that somebody who claims the name of Christ could vote a guy in who now is working to codify or make 
grow into law right. you know, with with the full knowledge. The Bible even says we know these things are happening. So yeah. I think our response I mean, initially is is anger and frustration. Uh, admonition as they're rebuking is yeah. all a part of the process in this. But I think it's just evangelizing mm-hmm. uh, these types of people. You know, that's what I've been putting kind of on my social media and my Facebook is it's time to evangelize the pews. Right. You yeah. know, and I think, no, we've talked about this in past episodes, but it's so important that we um, make our frustration more tactical or more productive in the sense that, okay, I'm just not going to like rail into these people. Right. I'm going to bring the gospel to them. And as we talked about before in our evangelistic encounters conversationally, when somebody says, oh, I'm good, I'm a Christian, we'll just dig a little deeper. Right. You know, are you a Christian? I mean, you're in, <laughs> we're in an American environment. You know, the American evangelical church is so compromised in so many areas and they're not preaching a true gospel. Right. So it's just good to kind of take that frustration and let's just, you know, spend time with people who claim to be a Christian and unravel, are you a Christian? Right. You know, exactly. I think we need to be preaching about regeneration, what it really means to be born again. Right. You know, what are the fruits, like all through First John, what is a fruit of being a Christian? Right. It's not some nominal classification. It's not some badge I wear. Right. I'm not a Christian just by proxy or because my mom and dad are one. So these are the type of things that we really need to hone in on. And, yeah. And I think for me, uh, Confronting somebody that says that they're a Christian, even in a loving way, which we should always be doing in a loving way, is one of the most intimidating. I remember when I got saved like 10 years ago, I had shortly after I had like my first experience doing that. And so I was saved, started going to church, you know, and then I had a a friend, met a friend that started coming to church and she said she had been a Christian for a long time but that she had stopped coming to church. So she started coming to our church again. And so we started hanging out and I was like encouraged and encouraged that she was coming back to church. And and then as we, you know, hung out more, she started saying some weird things. And I'm a brand new Christian. I'm like maybe been a Christian for six months to a year. So I'm still in like this naivety of like, if you say you're a Christian, you, you're a Christian. You know? yeah, <laughs> I yeah. just, I didn't understand. And so then she starts saying weird stuff like, you know, about aliens and just not, not believing in scripture and just off the wall, unbiblical things. And so not knowing like what, how this would be taken, I just kind of said it and I was a brand new Christian and I'm like, just understanding just the, you know, fun foundations of the faith, the fundamentals of the faith. I just, I wasn't trying to be mean or harsh, but I just said, well, maybe you're not a Christian. And ooh, <laughs> that, was, mm-hmm. that was super offensive. Like she was really mad about that. And I was like, oh, and then she went through all the judge, not who are you to judge? You can't, you don't see my heart. You don't do this. But even as a very brand new baby Christian, I was like, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's probably a duck, right? Because we are, we're not fruit inspectors, but if you're saying you're a Christian, there's some just basic things that, people are going to see in your life as fruit, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the Bible says a good tree bears good fruit, a bad tree bears bad fruit. And so we're saying in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, you know, we're saying examine yourself to be, to see if you're right. Here's the gospel. mm -hmm. This is all, you know, this is the, the gospel in totality with all of its, it's non-negotiable essential components that you can't be removed. This is the gospel. And this is what it means to actually be a Christian. A Christian is somebody that God has sovereignly placed a new heart in. He's taken away the stony heart that's just totally disposed to sinning only. And he's placed in sovereignly by grace and mercy. Right. um, Mono, mono, (laughs) 
Mon- monogistric. I can't, <laughs> can't see it. The word. It just let's not even go there. So he's taking mono this, mono. I can't think of it. I can't even think of the word. Right monergistic. Now. Yeah, monergistic. Yeah, yeah monergistically, okay. right? So salvation comes by grace. Yeah. In faith, God is you know salvation is the Lord. He transplants a new spiritual heart within you. Yeah. And now this it's, it's awesome. This heart that once just only sinned and only wanted to disobey, right. nothing to do with worship of self, worship of any other God. Now this heart all of a sudden loves God, right. you know, loves his word, loves his people, wants to obey, wants to, you know, get away from sin. So it's an increasing hatred towards sin right. and increasing love for righteousness. So yeah, it's- They're a new creature. They're a new creature, right? Christ. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so if we had a corpse on this table and- the corpse came alive, we would know. Right. So there's signs of life. Right. So what we we would say, yeah, to the family member or to the Christian who claims, to the quote unquote Christian, who claims Christ but doesn't have these fruits of life. Right. And the fruits of life are fruits of repentance, really. It's right. uh, like Jesus said, bear fruit in repenting. Right. You know, it's an ongoing keeping process. With with repentance. Keeping with repentance. Yeah. So it's an ongoing process. So we would just say, hey, you know, I love you. And the most loving thing I can tell you is that I would really examine your faith and uh, your profession of Christ and examine yourself and your own heart to see if you really are in the faith. Now, people hate that. Though they hate it so bad. Yeah, people respond, how dare you judge mm-hmm. me? How dare you bring into question you right. know, my Christianity? But for a Christian, regardless of their... Um, regardless of their response, whether it be vitriolic or, or hurtful, it's the loving thing we, we got to do. And so many people take it for granted. They're like, okay, you're Christian because they don't want to confront. Right. You know, because yeah. it, actually it's a love for self. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable with this kind of confrontation. Right. You know, thing I got to do. And so I'm just not going to do it because I'm really loving me and loving my own comfort, my own ease. And I don't want you to be ticked off at me. And it's like also kind of the cultural climate right now is, a lot of what I would say the liberal Christian or the unconverted Christian is writing off of is, and this is a whole another topic that we're not going to go into right now, is just all this critical race theory and the cultural Marxism. They want to be on the side uh, that's helping the oppressed. They don't want to be on the side of the oppressor, right? And so... <laughs> they're they're twisting terminology and of course that's what you know we want to do micah 6 8 of course we want to do justice mm-hmm. but they've taken and redefined who's the oppressor who's the oppressed they're not looking at god's law to to come up with these definitions and not to look at god's law for justice and how do you do justice they've come up with their own religion critical yeah. race theory is its own religion oh, yeah, with its own gospel false and, gospel and yeah. so in their mind they're thinking that they're doing justice but it's not according to God's standards. No. So it's just hard because then you confront them and all of a sudden it's, no, no, I'm the one. I'm doing the Christian thing by being on the side, but turning a blind eye to the things that God hates, uh, uh, the abomination of homosexuality, abortion, stealing. You know, we could just go down the list, but that's just kind of what we're facing as Christians today. Going out to evangelize is we're dealing with a ton of false converts and so that's kind of the disease of the nation that's the real pandemic right yeah (laughs) it is i think it's the most destructive pandemic yeah and it's 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 sad too because so many people are going to stand before god matthew chapter 7 lord lord haven't we done all these things Mm -hmm. you know presenting their righteousness it's really a presentation of 
their works as a means of justification is mm-hmm. looking towards the judgment. And he said, you know, I have never, I've never known you depart yeah. from me, you worker of iniquity. Now these people that claim Christ, but actually they're just in, dead in their sins. So yeah. we do it because it's such a destructive element. And I think the fruit of that is this, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm going to vote for Biden. Yeah. You know, it's so destructive in that sense, but it's, uh, also destructive and um you know these people just going to stand before god naked thinking that they're right with him but all along they were lost yeah you know when they unfortunately they had a pastor who told him yeah you just pray this prayer just yeah. kneel right here come down to this altar and uh you sorry for your sins you want to go to heaven well say this prayer and you'll be saved yeah not talking about any of the essential components of the gospel so those guys are charlatans and hucksters and false prophets so yeah. we have to we have to point out yeah, we have to be willing to really die to ourselves to do it because it, I mean, it like makes me choke up just thinking about it, you know, because we do, we love these people and it's not only are we sad for them, but also they're bringing reproach on the name of Christ when they go out into the public and say that they're Christians and then they go promote this false gospel, you know, and, yeah, they they are. Per- and they promote these things that God hates, exactly you know, right. Yeah. And so, so you're right, it does take a lot of death to self, but it's something that we just got to do. And I think everybody listening to us right now has family members, has has friends. You know, we all kind of deal with that because it's just a massive populace inside of America and America's churches. Yeah. Uh, but we have to do the right thing and lovingly. And, and we could do it the wrong way. We could just, you know, be you know, very harsh or very curt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we can be winsome. We can be loving mm-hmm. and we can be gracious about it, gentle about it, just like the scriptures calls to be. Yeah. But in our gentleness and our kindness and our love, we don't eliminate what we need to say. We don't water down what we need to say. So it's like, you know, brother, I, I care about you and I love you, but according to the scriptures, according to your profession, I really would encourage you to challenge yourself to see if you're in the faith. Can I right. share with the gospel? Share the gospel with you. Let's go through the scriptures, all the scriptures that talk about what it truly means to know Christ. Right. But that's that's the most again, that's the most selfless and loving thing that yeah. you can do. But when it comes to um to Biden, yeah, you know, pray for him. We understand. And then as I was talking about, the church has to look at some situation like this when it comes to you know, um, future persecution, just the, the plight of the nation, uh, degradation, the state of the nation, we have to look at it and say, okay, we need to repent. Right. That was great about in the 80s, the late 80s, in the early 90s, the church was so awakened to the Holocaust of abortion, mm-hmm. right? And it was, you know, they were just a massive focus on it. I think um, 10 to 15,000 babies were saved in that in that period of time. Wow. You know, and their tactics, I don't want to really get into the tactics right now, but it was this huge repent with us. I mm-hmm. mean, that's how the church was awakened to the situation because they were no longer pointing the finger out there. They were pointing the finger within, the, within themselves mm-hmm. and said, let's repent. Let's turn from our you know negligence of the pan or the command that calls us to go rescue babies. Right. So I think we got to, we got to look at it like that um, and look at him like that rather than just rail against the guy right you know he's a wicked evil man of course yeah he's a wicked evil man and but so were we so were we yeah <laughs> so were so were we but um the, the church is preparing for persecution how do you think persecution is going to happen well i think we're seeing it kind of roll out um you know this equality <clears throat> act that's coming i think yeah. that's going to kind of be the precursor to persecution um, in a way that we haven't seen it yet in America. I think that's going to open the door to define what hate speech is. Uh, I mean, I believe we really could be coming 
could be coming up on an era where, you know, our Bibles are going to become outlawed Mm -hmm. because they can constitute that as hate speech. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to have a hard time with enforceability mm -hmm. uh, just because, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are just not going to kind of put up with that. Hopefully. Um, I mean, that's what we did, right? The War of Independence. We just said, we're not going to put up with this. (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to do whatever we can to make this not happen. And, and, uh, you know, it's just a collective of people who say, we're not going to let the government, you know, overstep its boundaries. Right. They're actually public servants. So they work for us. Um, it's we we try to get away from a totalitarian government in Britain, right? And uh, so we're not going to put up with that if we're good Americans. So yeah, we should be storing <clears throat> up God's word in our heart, though, and doing the same for our kids. And though, in case there's a day that we don't have access to Bibles, yeah, wouldn't that be crazy? Exactly. Yeah, that but could it's be. Happened. Oh, it's happened all throughout Church. China. You know, in, in the um, you know the history of the the Scottish people and the Scottish Church and the. 1500s. They, I mean, if you even had a Bible in your pocket, and they got to a place that they suspected you had a Bible, they're like, you know what? Your pocket looks like a shape of the Bible. It didn't even <laughs> matter. And then they would just kill you. Wow. You know, or they suspected you were at an outside worship meeting. So yeah, it, it can get bad. That's right. I'm definitely that not negating it. Afraid. I just, yeah. yeah <clears throat> I'm just hoping if that thing rolls out, that Americans would look at their history mm-hmm. and say, no, this is actually the government that we have mm-hmm. with all of its checks and balances. Right. And everything was put in place uh, primarily to ward off a tyrannical government mm-hmm. and let's rise up and be the type of people that God has called us to be. Right. You know? um, but you're right. We have to prepare for it all. Persecution, though, is, and I think we've said it before, is, is good in its refining mm-hmm. aspect. I mean, some of the greatest, you know, preachers and, and, um, Examples of faith come out of persecution. It's something that God just uses to cleanse and to refine. It's a painful period, um, but really the church brings it on itself. Yeah, and the church and her negligence, the church and her just outright disobedience, rebellion, brings persecution. We point again. We point the finger at the government. Oh, <clears throat> the government's going to be the hand of persecution, as if the government were sovereign over us. Right. But we never, the church really is reluctant just to point the finger back at themselves like we just talked about and said, no, I think we need to get to repenting. Right. I think judgment begins in the house of the Lord. I think we as pastors and we as <clears throat> national leaders and even within our home is, Lord, help us to pursue righteousness. Help us to pursue holiness, Lord. Lord look into our lives like, ex- like the scriptures say, examine me to see, you know, to see if there is sin within me. Right. Really paraphrase that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Examine me to see if there's any sin within me. That these are the type of actions the church has to take. Right. Repentance, and of course, internally and then externally, just going out and getting the gospel. Because mm-hmm. that's that's what changes. Well, that's nations, right. Yeah. Know? Exactly. Exactly. So. You're gonna play some of those clips. Yeah. So we're gonna get in and just talk about false prophets. Um, you know, as I said before, when we talk about false prophets, we call them out by name. It's not anything personal, mm-hmm. um, but it's something that you have to do because false prophets are wolves in sheep's clothing. They are the worst uh, on the planet. So what I want to do is just kind of play for you some clips it's... of some false prophets, you know, f- focusing on those who prophesied that um, Trump would be president. So listen to a couple of these right now. Yeah, I got to I got to watch myself and not laugh because it makes me laugh cuz it's so crazy, but it's actually very serious. So Yeah. So listen here. up to what's coming up in January 20th. And so I've said this many times before, but please reserve throwing your stones at me until January 20th. First of all, I want to say without question 
Trump is going to win the election. Uh, and uh, that doesn't mean you sit home and don't vote. That, that, that means you get out and do everything you can to work. But he's going to win. That's, I think, a given. Because I am speaking from the future. Yes, you are. this moment. Right this moment. And I am going to proclaim <laughs> that yes. President Trump will be president <laughs> of the United States. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Will it be an eight-year presidency? Absolutely. Absolutely, we will. Uh, you're sure about that? Yeah, I'm sure about that. Hey, everyone. Yeah. So wow. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So this is um. So you're saying, "Thus saith the Lord," <clears throat> and you're wrong. Yeah. So what is uh what is the penalty for a prophet who is incorrect in his foretelling? Death. Yeah, it's death. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, I've been following these prophets, and um, you know, it's it's enraging. But the number one thing I think that's so enraging about it is how many how many subscribers they have, or they mm-hmm. will flat out say a false prophecy donald trump he's going to be the president it's not going to be in 2024 mm-hmm. it's going to be in 2020 yeah 20, 2021 and all of you I mean, you look at the comments i mean there's like fifty thousand likes one of these guys has a hundred and or hundred and fifty thousand subscribers mm-hmm. or more and then he gives a false prophecy and he's got fifty thousand likes on it so the christians know that it was a false prophecy but they still subscribe and they still give and they still support because it's rotten fruit and so that's what a person that's not regenerate most likely will crave right they're they're not going to crave biblical truth if they're not actually born again and a new creation mm-hmm. they're going to crave uh worldly things right yeah no i agree so it it could be indicative that these people are just not saved right and um, that's what Jesus said in John chapter 8 when he was talking about really the effects of sin. He said, if I were to tell you the truth or to- tell you a lie, you would believe me. Mm-hmm. Or So he's, he's talking about what sin has done to the mind of the unregenerate, the pagan person, is that they, we gravitate towards lies. So right. I, yeah. I totally agree. But I do think it's also like maybe a mixture of people who are unsaved, who don't care, but they also just don't understand. Right, yeah. You know, and they they grew up maybe in a charismatic environment or a Pentecostal environment. Um, not broad brush brushing that those groups of people of too much. Um, but <clears throat> I've had my experiences with false prophets, mm-hmm. you know, just the dark side of this stuff. I, you know, when I was 20, Jessica and I came to Arizona, that's where we actually have the connections and why ultimately we're here mm-hmm. is because we came out in 20, uh, 20 when I was 21 and I was an assistant pastor at a church. It came out, what, 2002, you mean? 2000. Oh, did I say 2020? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 2002. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2000. No, actually, it was 2001. Mm-hmm. So we come out. don't want to get into the story too much. And we're an assistant pastor of a church called Bible Fellowship Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny, you walk through the doors like walking into 1960. Oh, <laughs> really? Like red shag carpets. But the people were sweet. Oh, yeah. A, you know, some of, one of my best friends, Kibby, I met there. And... Uh, you know, some good times there, even though, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of a dysfunctional church. So we poured our hearts into it. We wanted to see this church turn around. I remember one time I worked a, over 110 hours oh um, remodeling the church sanctuary. Wow. So our hearts were into it. And we wanted to, you know, really serve God there and just see what happens. We were making pe- peanuts, nothing. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, this guy was just starting to let, the pastor was starting to let false prophets in the church mm-hmm. from Nigeria. And so this guy would come into the church and... He'd be like, you know what, revival's going to start here. And it's always about promise. They mm-hmm. promise you something. You know, this is, 
God's got his hand on this church and this is what you're going to do. And, you know, he's running up and down the church. He's, you know, fasting and praying and telling people that he's going to fast with them for a hundred thousand dollars and I'll fast with you for a hundred thousand dollars. And, and, um, and then the church just declined. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was because of the shepherd really letting the door open for the wolves to come in. Of course, mm-hmm. the church dissolved. And my pastor at home, I told him, he's like, man, it's time to get out. Yeah. And so I kind of resolved, I'm not going to be ignorant of this anymore. Right. I mean, these this, these false prophets come in and they just do damage. They have to be marked out. And right. They have they're, to be. they're coming to deceive even the elect, right? Yeah. Right? So we have to mark them out to try to protect the sheep. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you have a wolf in a sheep pen, you're not mm-hmm. going to have any sheep. Mm-hmm. He's just going to destroy, you know. Can I tell you a quick story about when I, <laughs> this is totally unrelated, but it was like, again, my first experience, like with char- the charismatic movement. And I was a new Christian, so I didn't have any idea, like the different denominations and stuff. And so we had, me and my husband, Don, got invited to a worship night from another Christian friend. And he was uh, leading it or something. I don't really remember. It was like 10 years ago. Um but so it was a worship night. We're like, okay, that sounds good. We dropped our son off with my, our parents and had a little like date night. And we go and it's a real young crowd, you know, uh, kind of like a coffee shop vibe, but a lot of people there. And we're like, okay. And they're singing some worship songs we knew. We're like, okay, this is cool. And and then by the end of the, it was like really like kind of like dark and kind of like a concert and stuff but we're like okay whatever and then at the end they start praying and I remember I this is my first time I heard somebody say daddy god so uh, this girl starts saying daddy daddy god daddy and I'm like it's kind of weird you know and Mm -hmm. I was like hmm never heard that one before and then um there was some other friends that we were new there and they're like oh you know abba means daddy and so they're just kind of saying it in a familiar way and familial way and i'm like okay still kind of creeping me out but all right i'll you know whatever keep going so i'm closing my eyes and and then it just starts to like get heightened and so i start hearing people making kind of weird noises and like kind of uh i don't know kind of making just weird grunts or something and some people are saying amen and hallelujah and so i'm still not i'm just like this is a little weird i've just never experienced this before and then at the very end i hear somebody make a chicken noise like somebody was like and i was like we're out yeah good (laughs) it was just it was so weird and i just had never experienced it before and i'm like then me and my husband just like laughed the whole way home we're like that was so weird it's just like you're a new christian you're you just don't know i had no idea there was this whole other world of just weird weirdness fleshly just looking for attention and not spirit-led but posing as it is but so in charismatic churches there's a good there's good things about Mm -hmm. them i think they're affectionate and Mm -hmm. i think they have like a desire and they're you know very uh, maybe expressive in mm-hmm. worship. They they want to seek the Lord. There's a lot of good qualities, but there's also this quality about it where I think it's really a it's a synthetic producing of what they attribute to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? So they're saying, you know, I, I mean, I've been in churches where you know the preacher dressed up like a fireman and stood up on the speakers and he was spraying the people with Holy Spirit water, <laughs> or barking like a dog, or flopping on their their pews like fish. <laughs> 
happening? Well, it's it's not the work of the Holy Spirit. No. So it's just it's the church has become so focused in on itself. Yeah. Not focused. And I think this is the the very root of it is they're not going out externally into the culture to preach the gospel just to get busy with the simple evangelistic commands. Right. And so it's just all about production. Mm-hmm. It's just all about let's come inside. It's all about sensational experience, emotion, uh, emotion, yeah. something that they can grab onto. Right. And when you build on that, unfortunately, you have to perpetuate that Sunday to Sunday. Yeah. Um, and so they're saying this is the work of the Spirit. And I just... It's just it's it's mind-boggling, and I think it it deceives the church because spiritual leaders lead the church into that. Right? You know, they say this is the work of the spirit, and when it's not, it's something that blasphemes the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's something that you know discredits, it brings reproach upon the name of Christ, like you were right. talking about. Because unbeliever comes into the church and you're flopping on the ground like a salmon that you just caught out of the lake. <laughs> I mean, I would be like, I'm out. Yeah. This is crazy. I'm so thankful we left. But yeah, I mean, you could see somebody just coming in that doesn't know it could be enticing. Like, or why don't I have that faith? Is this like a sign of having some sort of superior faith? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's unfortunately what a lot of these prophets, you know, it's thus saith the Lord as if God speaks to them in a special way. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think these guys crave attention. You know, they want to be the super spiritual giants that, you know, God whispers this into your ear. And I, I don't know if we want to get into prophecy. I mean, I personally believe that, you know, prophets are not today. Mm-hmm. The fourth telling, I think the, that the prophets and apostles were the foundation of the church. Right. And I think what you see throughout scripture is that even in, um, you know, the early church when, they would go in the shadow of Peter mm-hmm. and then they would be healed. I mean, massive, uh, miraculous works of right. healing and really manifestly the work of God. Mm-hmm. But I, what I think you see in that is the validation of these men that they were God or that they're God's men. Right. And so it was all for the preparation of the word of God. Mm-hmm. That's why we say at the close of the canon, these things have ceased right. because in Hebrews chapter one, it says we've seen God has spoken in various ways to the prophets. Now he's spoken everything through his son. Because mm-hmm. what you what you see in these environments, these church environments where they are prophets, you know, people are looking to prophets as, you know, they, they'll shut their Bible mm-hmm. and they'll turn to these prophets. Right. And I'm going to read you Jeremiah 23 right here. It's exactly what God warned us of when he's warning us of prophets. It's Jeremiah. Twenty-five. It says, I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name. This is all about the activity of false prophets saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. And it's all these guys. If you look at their false prophets, it's God gave me a dream. God, yeah. God gave me a dream. You see the people of God put away their Bibles. And now they've got, and I've even seen it before. They've got a little pad of paper and they're writing down the dreams of this guy. You know, that's yeah. the biggest, that's the biggest, most destructive element. Right. It says, uh, how long shall there be lies in the hearts of the prophets who prophesy lies and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart? Who think, who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal, right? Right. So it's a forgetting of God. It's a turning away from him as their source of information mm-hmm. and turning to these false prophets. It says, let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully, mm. right? So there is prophets in the sense of... Uh, 
foretelling, right? right? We're telling of the, we're preaching the word of God. This mm-hmm. is what God said. Right. Thus saith the Lord, only based upon what the scriptures. So when you hear somebody say, thus saith the Lord, hopefully they're reciting a scripture. Right. But when yeah. somebody says, thus saith the Lord, as if God is personally speaking to them, I think people don't understand that they are making their words at that moment equivalent with the scriptures. Right. They're saying, my words are divinely inspired. Mm-hmm. But people don't look at that. Look at it like that. Yeah. You know, it's just a prophet. And and uh, these guys who made these false prophecies about Trump, they just said, you know what? I was I was wrong. I was in error. Right. Well, the scriptures say, if you're an heir, man, you got you to gotta be killed. Yeah. I mean, that was the... <laughs> That was the. That's the seriousness and the gravity of it. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, and I was not actually like, uh, watching a guy. He did a great YouTube um, podcast on this. He says, "You know what? If you, if you ever are going to say, thus saith the Lord, number one, I believe only it's in a recitation. Yeah, reciting scripture. Right. Right. Because we know never that... ever say thus saith the Lord. It's yeah. like this is you know chapter and verse. Right. Thus saith right. The right. Lord. Right. But wouldn't you think, man? You know, what I'm going to say, I've really got to determine if I'm ready to die for it. Right. I mean, that's what the prophets. Right. I mean, they. they this is, of course, this is the spirit of God moving them to say these things. But I just, you know, these these prophets and self-appointed prophets and self-proclaimed prophets, I mean, I mean, if they're saying, thus saith the Lord, they're putting their, their words on par with Scripture. And if they're wrong, of course, we know that that's not. God who motivated them, motivated them to do that. Right. But I think, unfortunately, what you see with these guys who are making these false prophecies of Trump, it's just, you know what? I made a mistake. You know, they'll pull scriptures out of context. And, um, you know, that's just that. I'm just a human. Right. Now, think about that. <clears throat> if a guy can just simply say, I made a false prophecy and it's not right, but I just made a mistake and we're like, okay. I'll still subscribe to your YouTube channel. Yeah. I'll still be a part of your church. I'll still see you as a spiritual authority. Then there's no way you can determine who a false prophet is. That's true. There's no test. Yeah. If it's not what God had, has already specified in, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18 mm-hmm. and Jeremiah 23, then what have you? Right. What do you have? Okay. And so the people of God need to wake up and to stop supporting these people yeah. and remove themselves away from their influence and their And authority. warn others about him right. or them. And yeah, it's crazy. Because it's just a perpetuation of these guys who do nothing but destroy the church. And it, isn't it just like our flesh, though? To I mean, it's so enticing to the flesh because a lot of the time they're saying stuff that you want to hear. This is going to be your year that God's going to give you the desires of your heart. You know, uh, Trump's going to win for the the conservative. I mean, it's, it's usually something people want to hear. Exactly right. right. And yeah. so, and it always in our flesh, we want to take our eyes off of God and put it onto something else, create an, another idol, something that is more pleasing and tickles our ears. But it's just yeah, deception. it's never about like, hey, let's fast for death to self. Or yeah, I'm prophesying, you know, that you're gonna. Well, thankfully, go through persecution. It's going to be for your own sake. It's never. Yeah, it's you're just, going to put that sin to death that you're struggling with. Or, yeah, yeah, it's never anything like that. It's just anything that appeals to the flesh, just like Bishop Isaac did. Mm. And, you know, at our church 20 years ago. Well, I'm going to let's just fast because revival is going to be begin with you. And of course, as a church, we want to see God right. move. And we mm-hmm. want to see souls saved. Um, and so it's just appealing. It's just a. It, I mean, they're just slimy um, snake oil yeah. salesmen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's who they are. They're incredibly narcissistic. And um, the church is just becomes duped and deluded by them. Right. And I think it's that's a sign of God's judgment on the church when we have to mark these guys out in, in 
no longer have anything to do with them. I said that, I think I said that like 50 times, Mm -hmm. but we don't in the spirit of quote unquote love and niceness, we don't want to say anything about them. Oh, they're just another branch of the Christian um, faith. When no, these are false brethren. They're false and they're wolves. And we have to say that they are and get everything, do everything that we could do to call them to repentance. Now, one of these guys did, um, he said, you know what? I take full responsibility I prophesied, um, and it didn't come to pass, and I was wrong. But what that guy's got to do now is close his mouth. Right. Because God's not speaking to you. Right. You're not a prophet. Yeah. Uh, but I think what they do even in their so-called repentance is they just, they're back at it. Yeah. Yeah, just like with Todd Bentley, that thing that you said, you know, yeah. the redheaded uh, guy that just, just an absolute demonstrable false prophet i guess <clears throat> he kicked a guy in the stomach with he was on um uh who had stomach cancer it was terminal stomach cancer and he was in um the later stages of it and he said you know what god told me to kick you in the stomach what? to heal you that's wicked and that so he's called demonic. out yeah he's called out by a group of elderly pastors or um you know seasoned pastors say hey look this guy's in all sorts of sin. He's in sexual sin. You know, he's been uh, he was in a he was in a state of sin from like 2004 to 2019. Mm-hmm. So they finally said, "Hey, look, you're not fit." So he steps down, and now we just see he's ready to start it. Oh up. yeah. And God's called him to some 25 year mission. Mm-hmm. No, he's 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 a false prophet. And if that was Christianity, if that was genuine Christianity. I mean, you can listen to the way that these guys preach and their narcissism and their just absolute. Um, you know, love of self and the sliminess of it. I mean, that was genuine Christianity. If this was a genuine prophet, a man of God, I would run for the hills. Oh my gosh, yeah. And and let's say with Todd Bentley, like if all that had come to pass and then the Lord saved him in the last year, of course that could happen. But what would his demeanor be? Freaking sackcloth and ashes. It would be repentance. Yeah. It would be just completely grieved over the damage that he's done. It wouldn't be like, well, well, y'all, I'm back at it. You know, it's just so flippantly like, hey, no. I participated yeah. in all this like abominable sin, but here I'm, I'm on my next, on to the next thing. Right. No, you don't, you know, and I don't know the man, but just from what we've seen, it doesn't seem like he's had like a really sorrowful repentance over all that past sin publicly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe he was in tears. I mean, I'm, a lot of these guys are, I mean, they're actors. Right. That's who they are. They're putting on a performance and um, they have just sycophants and worshipers who, who worship their, their every step here. Let me, let me play a clip of get old Ken Copeland. And this kind of demonstrates it. This guy, he looks like a demon to me. Let's listen to Kenneth Copeland here. Said what? <laughs> The media said Joe Biden's president. Ha 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 Yeah. Well. So that's he's he's <laughs> crazy. Oh, I mean, it's just like this 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 guy is so crazy. Of course, he came out with the blowing the wind of God mm. on COVID. 
Yeah. I want to blow the wind of God on you to destroy you. Of course, that didn't happen. Yeah. It did, did, did nothing to it. You, you like those remixes I sent you, didn't you? Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> so this guy is a genuine false teacher. He's yeah. not reflective of a man of God like you had just demonstrated, a humble man of God. Yeah. Um, but the worst thing is, as much as I disdain this man, and I pray, I pray for his salvation, I pray that God would get him out of the way. I, right. mean, I pray that God would surely save him. But the worst is the people in, like you guys didn't, you guys couldn't see it, but the people just clapping and laughing and like, you know, really kissing his butt. Yeah. You know, it's like so many of these false prophets in their churches, you know, they're just filled with sycophants. You know, yeah. They're filled with people that are just perpetuating it and people that, you know, it's just a cult of personality right. is what it is. Right. You know, it's just a charismatic, really bold, confident man. And then he uses his charisma, his intellect, his good communication, his speaking abilities mm -hmm. to just completely deceive. But they, oh, yeah. the problem is, is the people who continue to give continue to do it and right. you think what are these people thinking but i think even that's this the the judgment of god like the the blinding aspect that god even gives to those people yeah because they continue to support a guy like when um he was doing the wind of god and blowing on the covid 19 and he was repeating it the worst thing about that was the men in the background yeah repeating it Oof, yeah and they're they're his support system right. that keeps this going yeah you know these people have to wake up and say no i'm gonna have nothing to do with you you you're not reflective of a man of god right you know you're a guy who's just using god religion you're religiously manipulating um simple-minded people deceive people and that's not to call them dumb no but people who are being deceived you're, you're religiously manipulating them for your own wealth amassment right and for your own self-glory and for your own desire for accolades. That's what they do. Yeah. So many people do. And, and it, it makes me just think, too, of, like, when you start to get angry about it, you think about, like, if, if there's the elect there, which I believe there there probably are Christians. There's probably oh, actually sure. born-again yeah. Christians that are deceived. But how angry God must be at that, you know, how much he loves his bride. And imagine if somebody was pulling the wool over on your wife's eyes, how angry you would be at them being, at her being treated like that. You know right. what I mean? It's like, it, we should be really afraid for his soul. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know. I think about him and Benny Hinn, who we thought had some type of contrition, and Todd White, mm -hmm. we thought had some, it, was, it just turns out it was momentary contrition. Yeah. Uh, because then just continue in the sin. Even like Bill Hybels, who built his church, it's a very seeker-sensitive church, it's man-centered, um, you know, building on just pleasing man, not pleasing God. Yeah. And uh, with all the work that he had put in for decades, he said, you know what? Nobody's becoming like Jesus. The, the, a church's success is, is, in, is determined by whether or not the people are becoming like Jesus or not. Right. Right. So that's how you know a church is successful. Again, right. it's not the money. It's not the popularity. It's not anything is the sheep becoming like Christ. Right. And so they did a test and he said, nobody's becoming like Christ here. Mm. And so it was a really sobering moment for them, but they just continued in it. Yeah. Just continued with their seeker sensitive, man centered, man driven church. I mean, look at that. That's, <clears throat> I'm sure being in it, like in not knowing or, you know, choosing not to look further into if this is right it's probably exciting it's probably an adrenaline rush for these people that are like part of this charismatic movement and part of that they're in this where they're blowing they're actually thinking he's blowing wind the wind of god on uh the covid i mean as crazy as it even sounds like they're just being deceived and yeah, they're in they're, the, the they hype are, you know yeah they're they are being deceived i mean but it's 
with all the information at your fingertips now yeah. and how small the world is getting that um, they can just go on YouTube and type in Kenneth Copeland or Benny Hinn or Todd White, and they're going to see the truth right. on them. But it's just this. And I, and I understand some of them, that's the only church that they've ever known. Right. You know, maybe they grew up in the church or that was just their only experience. And this is what church is. And so I get that. They can be deceived. But um, uh, when you know, yeah, when you know, which again, because of the access of, of information, it's hard. Uh, to say, you know, they're kind of blind right. in it. I right. think that, uh, you know, in Kenneth Copeland, he's he's just all about, you know, just sow a seed. You know, you uh, you do this and you'll be blessed. Yeah. And so they're really doing it and they're supporting it because they think his ministry and um, you know their version of God is if I do if I act a certain way, if I'm religious enough or give this give enough, or, you know, if I perform, then mm. God's going to bless me. Right. Um, and I think that's the heart of it. But um, the encouraging thing, too, is, you know, God's elect will come out of it. You know, scripture will correct their lens, the, you know, their way of thinking. Like, you know, you see people that follow Joel Osteen. I've heard of people that legitimately have been saved and then they're like listening to somebody like Osteen. And then as they read scripture more and more, God shows them that this oh, is yeah. false. Yeah. And so, Praise God for that. you know, yeah. he will preserve his elect, but doesn't mean that they're going to suffer. They're not going to suffer and be deceived. And, you know, we, we still have to help, you know, be, what am I trying to say? God calls us to rebuke. Yeah. We and, have to be watching. And, yeah. You know. And especially as a pastor, that's your job. Yeah. We have to say, <laughs> yeah. Hey wolf. Yeah. Um, and if we don't do that, but a lot of, a lot of guys feel like that's not loving, mm-hmm. you know, that's not my calling. That's not my gift. Well, if you're a pastor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the, one of the two biggest duties of a pastor is to protect the sheep and feed them. Right. And protecting them is saying, Hey, we got to get away from any type of element that's going to be harmful to you. I got to call out the wolves. I got to kill the wolves. Right. I mean, that's what they had to do. I'm like, we're not going to kill these guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, but course. we, we have to say no. I mean, Kenneth Copeland is a false prophet, you know, like, um, I can't remember his name right now. Benny Hinn, Benny Hinn and Todd White, these men are false mm-hmm. prophets and I pray for their salvation. I don't, I couldn't even imagine uh, guys like Joel Osteen standing before God when so many people, so many amazing men of God, Todd White too, Bentley, yeah. Yeah. so many amazing men of God have said, hey, look, you're in sin. This is where you're in sin. This is how the scripture determines yeah. it. Look at the scriptures and they just turn a blind eye to it. What did Jesus and, say? Um, better for you to have that millstone around your neck, right? And yeah, thrown and into... lead my little ones astray. Exactly right. right. But what they do is they just justify their activity. And we had a relative who married a false prophet. Mm-hmm. That was even part of the Lakeland yeah. um, situation way back in, I can't even remember when that 2008. was, 2008 mm-hmm. or seven or something like that. And um, so the guy even has a church now yeah, and total false prophet. I oh, mean, yeah. he was just an incredibly sinful man as mm-hmm. soon as he stepped off stage, right. you know, engaging in all sorts of wickedness. Of course, he was wicked towards our family member. Right. And, um, but I remember, uh, the talking to our family member and saying, Mm -hmm. have you talked to him about all the sin that he's in? And, and, uh, they said, yeah, I did. But he says, look at all the money, look at all the people, Mm -hmm. look at all the the fanfare. Right. And so they equate that with with the blessing of God when Mm -hmm. it's not. It's no. Yeah. So destructive. It's so, it's so destructive. So do you have any new year's resolutions this year? Yeah. Um, Mine's always to uh, just lead my family better. Yeah, you know, be focused on my kids and don't get so distracted. My my brain goes a mile a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always thinking about this and 
you know, just like so many people in our family were producers and we want to produce and we just kind of steamroll ahead. Yeah. And uh, I just want to be focused on my wife to um, build her up and to bless her and my kids to really be intentional in their discipleship and training. You know, yeah. I was talking to the elders just about, you know, kind of the bleakness of the future heading into it, even though we're post mill and, you know, God's going to win and God's going to put all the enemies under his feet. Mm -hmm. So and even though we're looking towards these things, we're not allowing them to, thwart our efforts right. or slow us down in mm -hmm. any way um, but you do say well you know if, like you were saying if it got bad and our bibles were taken away from us how can i best prepare my kids yeah for to go through pain or if their daddy's out preaching at you know the mill or if i'm out in the streets preaching and i'm preaching and exposing the sin of homosexuality which we do a lot we yeah. get a lot of we just had a, a homosexual man yesterday um, just berate us at the uh, abortion mill, and we said, "Turn from your homosexuality." Where mm -hmm. I might, you know, like you were talking about the potential passing of the Equality Act mm -hmm. bill, to where that scene is hate speech, right. and Daddy goes to jail right. for some time. So it's just preparing them for rough times and understanding, you know, getting them to understand the blessing of the rough times and what God's doing. Right? Yeah. What yeah. about you? Um, I just think I, I really. I'm asking God to help me with my man pleasing, you know, ways because it's like, you know, sanctification's like layers of an onion, you know, he just pulls back more. And I really struggle with that, you know, even though I, I know that it's the loving thing to do is to just speak the truth. Um, but I still fear it. I still fear it with people that we love or, you know, just being open about, you know, the conversations we're talking about, like, hey, you know, you're saying you're a Christian, you're using all this like Christianese, but here you are in this area completely denying Christ. Let's talk about it. And and for me, I just, I'm just asking God to help me with that because I, I just want to put it away. I want to be like, Hey, um, okay. You say you're a Christian. Cool. Right on. Let's just move on to the next subject. Yeah. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. We all do that. Cause I think what <clears throat> we do is we think even the maintenance of the most important relationship is your family. Yeah. The maintaining that is going to give you everything that you need. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, I think what we're making, we can make our family members false Christ, right. false gods, mm -hmm. idols, right? right. You know, we're, th we're thinking, you know, I can't disrupt this relationship because what if I didn't have the relationship? Right. When we really have to find all of our fulfillment and satisfaction, everything we need in Christ, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of take these people away off the thrones of our life. Right. Because that's what we're doing. We're afraid because of the way that they're going to think about us or view us or the fracture of that relationship. Right. When even if the relationship were to happen, that, you know, the dissolution of the relationship were to happen and because of the declaration of the truth, then it's, still, it's a good thing. Right. So if they, you know, you go to the family member and you say, Hey, I love you, but I gotta, I gotta talk to you about this. And they yeah. were to say, Hey, don't ever speak to me again. Yeah. Horrible thing. It's a horrible thing to be, you know, have a, a broken relationship with your dad or your mom or your sister, or your brother, wherever it may be. But Jesus said that. He yeah. says, I did not you come know. to be in peace. I mm -hmm. came to bring a sword. A, a wife or a daughter will hate her mother mm -hmm. or son. So he's talking about there is going to be, because of that sword, the word of God, right. you know, you living by the word of God and declaring the word of God, that that is going to bring division. Right. But the division is necessary right. because you're actually doing that which is best for their souls, which right. is exposing sin and then giving the gospel to them. But I, I do the same thing. There's so many times when God's like, I want you to share the gospel with mm -hmm. him or I need mm -hmm. you to call him. And, you know, 
admonish him, but I just don't do it yeah. because I'm in love with myself. And, well, yeah, and it's like just really anchoring in on what is love, and that is the most loving thing we could do, like we talk about all the time, and it's like the the culture, the zeitgeist of the age is like tolerance is the most loving thing to do, but mm-hmm. that's not how God defines love. You know, God's truth is really the only way we can express true love. And so to to really just turn away from that, because I always struggle with, oh, am I not? I mean, of course, I don't want to be a jerk about it. If there is going to, there's a way to go about it that is unloving, just to be like, you're not a Christian, you know, just to freak out and just go crazy. But, um, but telling the truth is the loving thing to do. And tolerance and saying like your sin is okay or uh, just applauding somebody in their sin, that's the most hateful thing that we could do. Right. So that's my resolution in addition to, like you said, just really trying to pour into my children and my husband more and be in the word more. And, right. You know? Yeah. Fight, laugh, feast, right? I can. <laughs> just get the gospel out and say, babies. Yeah. Hey, so we uh, we hope today's episode was helpful for you as we talked about, um, you know, a bunch of different subjects, but primarily just false prophets. Yeah. You know, if you are listening and you're in a church where your your pastor, the spiritual leader, whoever, maybe he's letting these type of people into the church, they're saying, thus saith the Lord, and they're giving you dreams. We would just flat out tell you it's time to find a new church. Right, and yeah. It's something that Run. we do humbly, and we know that's a, a hard decision for you. I've, I've been there mm-hmm. uh, to where I had to say, you know what, if I stay in this type of spiritual environment, number one, it's wrong. This is not this is not who a man of God is supposed to be. This is not the type of the things that he's supposed to be saying. And my family's going to be going to suffer for it. Mm-hmm. See, one of the one of the greatest qualities about a Christian is loyalty. Right. That's a huge, hugely great. But you can be loyal to a fault. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to stay in this spiritually toxic environment, submitted to a, a leader who is not qualified, who's claiming to be a prophet. And um, I'm just going to stay in it because I'm a loyal person. Well, you're being loyal to a fault. Your family's going to suffer for it. Mm -hmm. So the best thing that you can do is get out. You know, what I would do is I would lovingly confront your pastor or lovingly confront your spiritual leader or your pastor if he's letting these guys in and say, this is not the, this is the wrong thing to do. This is what the scriptures say. Uh, do that, and if they're unwilling to repent, if this activity is is is, is not going to stop, you got to get out mm-hmm. for your own good. We got to mark false prophets. We got to do all that we can to expose them because they destroy the sheep. So right. it's kind of a more of a heavier topic today, yeah. but it's something that's needed, and uh, we hope it was a blessing for you. Mm-hmm. We got a bunch of debates coming up. We're really uh, working hard to de- debate a flat earther. We've actually got an atheist that wants to debate us. Uh-huh. That's going to be in the upcoming weeks so yeah. pray for that yeah but um yeah. we love you guys and uh we're thankful go out preach the gospel get it get involved with uh with saving babies and uh as we were talking about in the, in the start of the program let's do everything we can to seek and pursue holiness and righteousness getting the idols out of our lives so we love you guys we'll see you next time yeah and i would just add mm-hmm. you know i think after going through all this and you're right it's heavy but we have every reason to be joyful so I just want to encourage you all just to be joyful too, because we, it can be fearful and, you know, we don't know what's coming up on the horizon, but we know, like you said, God wins. So let's just be joyful. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for taking the time and also go to Apology All Access, get Mm -hmm. signed up, listen to some of the other podcasts, Sheologians, Cultish, Apologia Radio. There's so, so much good stuff here. So anyways, we love you guys. Thank you for spending your hour and however long that was. We went long today. Oh, we did? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Anyways, we love you guys. Bye.